0: Illuminati. It's a it's a, really a new world order. Excuse me. Has anybody seen a... Uh, White rabbit? That
1: was a joke about the world being flat, right? Was it?
0: When we are successful... We, will be. we have a real chance at this new world order. They found crazy, So who cares? Care. But, but it could totally 100 percent be true because we know the government lies about everything. X-
2: Welcome, fellow truthers and conspiracy junkies, to another episode of White Rabbit. I am your host, Catalyst Jones. And today I have something very special for you guys because I've been following this guy for quite a while. And about a year ago, um, right around the time I started up the show, I reached out to this guy because I had seen a 9 11 uh, documentary deep dive that he was uh, doing, and it was fucking amazing and so i reached out to him back then and i was like yo come on and he was like for sure so that's how long this has been in the making i finally got him ladies and gentlemen we have on memory hold what's What's going
1: on everybody Those are all my voices. I recorded that for you. I sent you the epithet. MP- no, I'm just kidding. What's up, everybody? Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, it's been a year in the works. The elusive memory, hold. my schedules all messed up, but finally we're good to go. And I'm hyped to be on, man. I'm trying to get on as many shows as possible. I really should be doing it more. So I'm, I'm thankful to, to jump on here with you, man, for real.
2: Hey, I got an announcement to make, and I'm I'm happy that I'm going to be over there with you, man, over at Rockfin. So I saw that. Yes. So you, uh, that's another thing that's been in the long, long time in the making and uh, a milestone for me because that's one of the main goals that I had set out when I started the show. So now I got to set new goals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I was, I meant to ask you about that because I saw, I forget where I saw it. I was scrolling through Instagram earlier and, um, I think you might have mentioned something. It was just like an aside. I forget what the hell I saw. I said, oh, shit, I got to remember to ask him if he finally got on Rockfin because I think we were talking about it around Christmas where you were like, you know, I kind of want to get on there. I said, dude, I bet you 100% you can like consistently making good content. Like I have no reason to doubt that they'd ever not want you, you know, so that's awesome that it finally happened, dude. Rockfin has been great to me Um, and I hope viewers like it too. No complaints. It's been smooth sailing over there, man. Great interaction too. So it's awesome, guys.
2: Awesome. Well, that's one of the places where you guys can go find Memory Hold. But before we get into that, so like I said, I've been following your work for a while now, and I know you've been at this for a while now, and you are no stranger to the game. You've taken a red (laughs) pill quite a long time ago. So um, like, how did all this take place? Like, Who are you, and, and how did Memory Hold become about?
1: Sure. Uh, I have kind of like an interesting story in that I I know a lot of people I talk to either were always into this, whether it's casual or serious or just uh, completely against it. I'm sort of like a strange in the middle type of deal uh, in terms of my adventure on the way to this red pill. But I think that unique uh, come up sort of equips me with the tools required to help the uninitiated new people, the name, whatever name you want to attribute to them, sort of to view our way of thinking, because I used to be one of them. I, For 25 years up until 2016, I wasn't a stranger to conspiracy theories. I was watching, in fact, one of my substitute teachers in like eighth grade was uh, a personal friend, or at least knew the people that made loose change. Now, I never verified this, but I remember thinking in eighth grade, what's loose change? And he was too scared to tell, because I'm an eighth grader. He's like, oh, you know, just check it out, you know, 9-11. And he walked away. I said, huh. From there on, I got into the 9-11 conspiracies, but very casual. The furthest I went in any conspiracy, just to give you an example, before 2016 was Bush did 9-11, like the sort of 101 Diet Coke version of conspiracies where, yeah, I'm skeptical. I don't really trust the system the mainstream system and that's sort of how i always considered myself someone that didn't really trust the mainstream system but didn't even know i was actually still in it i I thought like knowing bush did 9-11 you know was enough to put me outside of that and it wasn't until the pizza related happenings uh started going down in 2016 i'm not sure i I, i'm in the habit of using code words here just to survive on the internet without being nuked but you know when when the pizza
2: we've already been nuked off off of youtube so okay Speak freely.
1: Oh, thank God. Yeah, so when Pizzagate started happening in 2016, the Podesta emails were leaked. At that point in time, I had been researching the UFO phenomenon from 2014 to 2016. I've always been a fan of UFOs, aliens, ever since a little kid, but I never actually took the study seriously. So in 2014, I set out to say, okay, how much can we stay with certainty is real about the UFO phenomenon or is it all bullshit? It startled me that one day I just woke up. I felt like, have I ever double checked any of this? I never fact checked any of this. I just think UFOs are real, but why? So that was my first iteration of like, wait a moment. I don't know anything near what I think I know. So from 2014 to 2016, I, I took that very seriously. In fact, I created a channel exactly like this one under a different name that was going to be dedicated to UFOs specifically. Interestingly, the John Podesti emails are leaked to October of 2016, as I'm not even thinking of conspiracies, just still in UFO world. And it's interesting how it's full circle because we know Podesta's emails featured UFOs, the discussions with Tom DeLong in his Secret Machines book, and sort of their role in creating this new uh, narrative around UFOs that we're seeing come to fruition today, which is sort of an aside. But the point is, I kept hearing all of this shit about emails, pedophilia, pedophile rings, sex trafficking. I said, this is fucking crazy. I said, Jesus. And after after a while, I I just got fed up with hearing about it. I said, what the fuck are these people talking? About And I actually sat down. I said, I'm going to sit down and dedicate a day to hearing these schizos out. Why do I keep hearing it? What The fact that I'm hearing in every corner of the internet tells me that whatever it is must be compelling enough, right or wrong, to get these people riled up close to seven years later, <laughs> here I am, because what it was that they were worked up about, uh, I was introduced to, and it's not just about Pizzagate because I still think that's up in the air. I can't say with certainly what that is, but I saw enough reading up on the evidence that they gathered to really spook me. And it, it really got me concerned because I then started to learn about more uh, historical precedents of all of this, uh, you know, like Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Mark Dutro, right, uh, which has links to this massive elite uh, human trafficking. Trafficking ring over in Belgium. I mean, shit, the Mark Dutroux trial in Belgium, uh, not only was he connected to the elites, but the uh, exposure of that story and the way the justice system handled it nearly toppled the country. And the fact I had never heard of that before really freaked me out. Uh, and the idea that I was in sort of like self driving mode, hypnosis, like, like just on autopilot for 25 years without even, but even while thinking I wasn't, that's what really spooked me. So I started with pizza. And when I saw the work these people do, the crowdsourced research, right, places like 4chan, places like where people were providing each other's roles, right, like this one guy would be the digger, right, he's able to look for property records, uh, you know, social media information, all the real deep dive type stuff. And then you have the guy that does the memes, right? He's the guy that focuses on sort of getting this into the public lexicon. (laughs) Exactly. I can tell you're good at that shit. You know what I mean? Because the intro right there, that's good stuff. And it's like people don't have the time to look for hours and hours of really dense data. So we need the people to make infographs. We need the infographs makers, the graphics makers. And when I saw this happening, I said, this is amazing. This is incredible. I had never knew that this existed. I was so apathetic all my life. Then I never ended up looking into this, not because I didn't believe them. Most of them I did call crazy. I didn't believe in most conspiracies. 9-11, though, yeah, Bush did that, whatever. But I didn't bother doing it. And I also kind of felt like, dude, we're never going to know for sh- They're not going to let us see evidence to any of this. Why even bother trying? I really uh, underestimated how stupid some of these people are, or maybe it's overconfidence, but there is an abundance of evidence that we can actually access free, publicly available online. And finally, when I was introduced to that crowd of people that that were doing that collaboratively together, strategically coming up with tactics to insert, inject this info into the mainstream, uh, that that uh, totally hooked me. And I think uh, um, not to keep ranting, because it's just a funny ass topic how I got here. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. This is some old 2016 was the uh, during the elections, there was this program that we did called draft our daughters, hashtag draft our daughters. So we we're trying to come up with a way in the middle of the pizza stuff. Uh, when WikiLeaks leaked Podesta's emails, there's other stuff other than pedophilia and weirdness out there in those emails, Uh, things like feeding Hillary Clinton the debate questions early. That's tangible Uh, and people lost their jobs for that. Donna Brazil. So it's not even just about the pedophilia. There's bad stuff in there that needs to be exposed. So 4chan and a a group of people on the internet uh, were trying to find creative ways to trick the public into viewing that information as opposed to what they would normally do is, oh, WikiLeaks, that's debunked. I'm not even going to bother looking. So what we did was one of the Leaked emails was Hillary Clinton, uh, in private, talking about the draft, and I forget exactly what we said, but the point is, is that her private opinion and position on women being drafted is different than her public perception uh, position. So she's lying about it. Okay. So what we said is, okay, this is a good thing to hone in on with this whole feminist movement, the progressive movement. They're not going to like that they've been lied to by the woman that's supposed to save America, right, Hillary Clinton. So what we did was we took templates of their campaign ads we took the h with the arrow we took the fonts the correct template the font size and what we did is we took images of soldiers in the style of a typical promotional campaign political promotional campaign and we would make uh you know catchy catchphrases like my son died in the war now your daughter can too hashtag draft my daughter and we put the wiki brilliant it, I love right it. Brilliant. it was amazing yeah and we ended up getting so much coverage so fast that it was in the news by the end of that day. But they weren't saying it was a joke. They thought it was real. And I couldn't believe what just happened. Not only did we just socially engineer like a big group of people into seeing the truth, but we even tricked the media and exposed them for the lack of fact-checking. It's almost bizarre that they didn't know it was a joke, and yet they covered it as if it was a legitimate campaign. And that just blew me away. I said, oh, my God, the media. So, that,
2: so that's amazing. You just blew my mind two, two times right there. One, because you were behind that whole thing. And, and number two, uh, the fact that you were there on 4chan and you're, and you're saying that you, you, were, you had a hand in this and it totally manipulated the outcome of something. Something else came from 4chan and totally uh, strangleholded the entire truther community. How do you feel about
1: Q? QAnon, I have mixed feelings about. Um, I don't think it's all good. I don't think it's all bad. Uh, I was there from the advent of QAnon. I am a 4chan guy. Believe it or not, whether you hate them, whether you like them, they are kind of a despicable group of people in some ways. Sorry, Anons. Uh, But you do great work, great research. Uh, That's one of the few places that's untouched by censorship. And yeah, you're going to find a lot of ugly stuff there. But the information, if you're truly in it for the information, uh, you'll get it. And and you'll you'll get it from there specifically as opposed to Reddit or whatever. So I saw QAnon come up the first few threads. I kind of read into it a little bit. I said, okay, we've got another LARPer on our hands. But, you know, let's file that away because not everyone's a LARP, right? We saw that with the Comet Ping Pong shooting. Someone told us a shooting was about to happen. The traffic camera got moved. Needless to say, a, a shooting happened. So I knew from that lesson never to ignore larpers right never to cast them away just right off the bat um so the first thought i had was okay this will be easily known to be true or false based on whether his predictions come true but then it sort of transformed into a larger thing that i never anticipated i did not expect QAnon to be like a multi-year thing uh let alone a driving force in the creation of an entirely new community uh within what was previously called the truther community the conspiracy community now i am a little bitter about this to be honest with you and by the way for anyone that's following QAnon right now that's listening no hate in my heart i think QAnon anon uh, raised a lot of awareness about conspiracies in general Uh, Even if uh, let's pretend that it is a LARP. Let's just pretend completely fake. Let's say there's whatever. doesn't matter. They got a lot of new eyes on that. So for that, I'm extremely thankful. The one little bitter, butthurt part of me wants to say that QAnon came about in 2017, October of 2017. If you think about it, that was only one year into Pizzagate-related research. Now, we've uncovered a lot. Since then, it was, it's not over. It's never been over. It never will be over for those that actually want to reveal this type of stuff to the public. What happened was all of the energy of 4chan and the conspiracy movement was going into Pizzagate at that time. Now, when Q came out, that basically ripped us in half. There was those, we lost a lot of great researchers. We lost a lot of people that are like boots on the ground investigation, like investigatory work into Pizzagate that then dedicated their um, entire focus onto QAnon. And that wasn't Pizzagate specific, it was everything specific. QAnon is it, sort of like almost, a master story.
2: It's almost like the people behind Q saw this wave that you were riding and they decided to uh, jump on it as well. Wow. Correct. While it was- that so, is
1: a perfect observation. I, I think the same thing. Yeah, there was something, there was something abuzz in our community and someone wanted to tap into that. And I think that's what QAnon was.
2: Do you think that it was a military operation? Because there's still a lot of people out there and, and respectable people that uh, that I look up to. And up until recently, I I was full on with Q and then I slowly started having questions and then I jumped off of the Trump train and then I'm like, well, if I'm not, if I think Trump's a piece of shit, then how, how could I possibly go with Q anymore?
1: Right. Yeah. But
2: Yeah. But there are some people out there, like, I don't know if you know or if you're familiar with anonymous Sean's work and he, he's been breaking down. He was on, um, uh, Ron from New England's The Wicked Planet podcast, and he's been on. They did like three episodes on it so far, and they're breaking down Q, starting all the way back from the Bible and when uh, Satan yeah. um, deceives Eve, right? And then he's going into devolution and how it all like started back then and is accumulating to a culmination right now, and it's pretty fucking convincing. However, then a uh, half hour after I listen to that and I'm all hyped, then I'm like. Yeah, but Donald Trump's a piece of shit. Right.
1: Yeah. The main executor of those supposed plans that you just said were very compelling. And I agree. Any good uh, producer working on QAnon, it's very convincing. We're like, holy shit. Like, I could totally see how this is real. But how can it be real if the individual that's supposedly going to be executing this, AKA Trump, right, uh, is a piece of shit, right? Or someone that you disagree with or someone that you're skeptical about. That is a kind of like a, like a, uh, a chink in the chain there for me as well. I jumped off the QAnon board a little bit earlier than you did. It was about maybe a year after. Uh, so 2018 is probably when I completely uh, jumped off. Um, but even in that first year, I wasn't so diehard, but I was definitely more enthusiastic to embrace the QAnon and its movement just based on the foundation that, okay, at the very least, it's bringing new people in. Maybe I can always let them know, you know, just be careful. We don't have any true authentication of an identity behind this. You know, just grain of salt. You know, don't stop reading it, but grain of salt. Just remember that there is more legitimate conspiracies out there that might be better to help wake the public up than, uh, you know, an anonymous online prophet, right? Or prophets. We don't even know one or two people, whatever. So. To play hardball, I believe that QAnon is likely, it's not the Asian guy with a cowboy hat, I'll tell you that much, because there is some data that QAnon dropped that I can't reconcile with. And I think that data would likely only be available uh, to be coming from a military intelligence type of entity uh, that has something to do with psychological warfare and operations. Um, Do I have evidence to support this? This is all speculation. I just want to make that clear to the viewers. Um... And it's interesting to me that General Flynn, his role in Pizzagate the year preceding QAnon, remember, he jumped in on the Hillary Clinton sex trafficking ring emails from the Podesta emails, and so did his son. And it was very interesting that guess who would become a primary focal point of the QAnon movement other than uh, General Flynn. So it's almost like General no, Flynn let me, was playing let me, let me in- yeah. yeah, let me stop
2: yep. you there. Well, well, he's definitely um, very well trained in MK Ultra and operations and whatnot. I did not know about these emails, and I should because when I remember that Flynn got a bunch of heat, and basically everybody that was hardcore into Q uh, was uh, there was a divide between him and Lynn Wood because uh, Mike Flynn was saying some sort of a satanic prayer. I don't remember the exact prayer, and he was getting people at like in America. America wake up rally or America first rally to say all this shit and uh, go along with this prayer. And it was a huge fucking thing. Now you're saying he was involved in these emails. I, I got to know about this. So yeah. So go, um, it is a psychological operation.
1: Yeah, I really. And, and it's not a good one, guys, because in 2016, when this was just popping off, there were a few larger figures in the right wing and not and outside of the right wing movement, because as far as I know, General Flynn wasn't really like a right wing figurehead uh, up until that point. I could be wrong, because remember, my career starts right here uh, is what I'm saying.
2: Right. Well, but uh, he worked General- directly under Obama, so I believe okay. that they. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about his past, but I, I remember it caused a big, uh, you know, hullabaloo because uh, the mainstream media started covering saying, look, this is Donald Trump's pick for national security advisor, or whatever, General Flynn. And he's saying things like this. So it got people upset and angry. But it's interesting that General Flynn jumped on the Pizzagate train right when it was peaking, maybe even before it was peaking in 2016. The elections hadn't even been over yet. And that man goes on to become the primary focal point of the QAnon movement as if he was playing an early iteration of the role he'd later go on to play with QAnon, because I don't believe Pizzagate is a PSYOP. However, I think that there were elements of a PSYOP within it, especially due to the fact that QAnon conveniently uh, bastardized what Pizzagate really means by absorbing the Pizzagate story and then... Uh, uh, um, Comparing it or including with it things that are less substantiated, things like adrenochrome, things like uh, human sacrifice. Now, do you believe or not believe? But bo- all I'm saying is, I believe those things happen. I'm just saying that that's not the thing you want to start off with if you're trying to convince people. So I always try and differentiate. Guys, Pizzagate is different than like what the whole QAnon thing is, and I, I just rack my brain thinking like. If you're really trying to wake people up, why did you go so far out of your way to muddy the waters more, make it more complex, make it sound more outlandish? How in the world is this going to ever make a a true difference? And it then dawned on me about a year after that, after I saw what was left of our community, Pizzagate researchers basically smoldering ash and flames and just no one left other than the OGs, you know, um, I then realized, guys, I think we're getting corralled into a digital pen. I think they are running an operation of some sort to quantify conspiracy theories with violence. Up until then, the perception of a conspiracy theorist, and I hate that term, but let's just, it's the easiest term to use. Um, they're trying to quantify conspiracy theories with violence. Previously, con- conspiracy theorists were either just ignored, kind of laughed at, kind of goofy, kind of looked down on, patronized, but they're not dangerous. They're just kind of out there a little bit. All
0: right, surely, surely not.
2: Roll hat, guys
1: yeah exactly tinfoil hat they're portrayed as goofy in hollywood films they're you know they're not a threat but PizzaGate came around edgar madison welch walks in with a rifle because why well because he wanted to find the kids that were being held in a basement because that's where they're doing the trafficking hillary clinton personally is drinking the blood in that pizza shop's basement hillary clinton personally that's never Actually, what pizza
2: Henry, can i can i pause you just for a second please. Then, yeah I'll- this is probably dumb and I'm sure my listeners and viewers know what Pizzagate is because uh it you know you you're watching White Rabbit, but can you give like just a quick like freaking uh dummies notes, maybe like a two-minute rundown of sure. what Cliff Notes or whatever is, is Pizzagate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you ask someone, they'll always have a different answer. But I think the safest and most accurate answer is the fact that Pizzagate stems from a batch of leaked emails from Hillary Clinton's campaign chairman, John Podesta, in 2016. In those emails, we found some strangely worded emails revolving around food. So the email to John saying, you know, I can't wait for your hot dog stand in Hawaii, or we ordered $69,000 of hot dogs, or... um, Uh, The hot tub email where it's like, you know, Maeve, Tammy, and this other little girl, then they put parentheses, their ages, seven, six, and almost eight. So they'll be in that pool for sure. And it'll be entertaining or whatever. Uh, We're bringing them over for entertainment. And they said they were being Ubered over. So we're like, okay, that's a weird way to talk about kids. Like, entertaining. Why would little girls in a hot tub be entertaining? Why are they being Ubered? Their parents aren't driving? Little things like that. And then we started to get into the historical significance of code words that pedophiles use, aka cheese pizza. Cheese pizza shares an acronym, cheese pizza CP child uh, pornography, CP. And pizza has been a long-established, legitimate, 100% true code word used by pedophiles since at least the early internet days, early 2000s, probably even before that. Um, So we thought that was interesting that we see some weird food emails that seem coded or representative of other stuff in those emails. And people immediately went to the pedophile thing. But here's the issue. It's not so much about those coded emails, so much as it is about the things that we found after that. We found essentially a group of extremely powerful Washington, D.C. elite, the elite of the elite. Remember, James Alphontes is top 50 most powerful in Washington, D.C. That's who the emails sort of focus on. The emails led us to this pizza shop owner, James Alphontes. And from there mapping his social media network, his list of friends, the events that he holds, we found very disturbing things. It was consistent. It was basically Balenciaga, those types of imagery, satanic imagery, uh, sexual innuendo, typically targeted towards children. And then, of course, we found even more pedophile code terms in James Alafontis's Instagram. And his friends, one of his friends, uh, uploaded an image that literally was captioned, of himself, literally captioned, my favorite pedo you know, as he's doing this symbol, my favorite pedo. Now it's very weird to uh, uh, refer to yourself as a pedophile, strange, you know, and James Aliphantus's profile picture on his Instagram is of Antinous, which is the universal symbol of boy love and pederasty, which is once again, a strange image to choose to represent yourself online, right? Being as we all hate pedophiles, strange that you'd even want to you know, bring that in. antinous is a very specific uh, figure, especially towards the early Nambla types, right? That believed in pederasty because that Greek culture uh, very much uh, uh, promoted pedophilia and pederasty, was sort of more like mentoring these old men and young boys. It's kind of gross. So, point is we've basically forgotten about the coded emails at this point. Are they codes? Are they not? Doesn't matter when I'm looking at all this shit. These are DC elites messing with people that are calling themselves pedophiles, uploading images of young kids, barely dressed, inappropriate comments at the same time, references to murder and killing and and human sacrifice and just horrible, horrible things that at the very least left us with a lot of questions. So I think Pizzagate is about asking Questions. It's not so much about human trafficking. It's not about Hillary Clinton eating babies in a pizza restaurant. Shit, it's not even really about Comet Ping Pong alone. It's about a series of questions such as why do people connected very closely to the DC elite and the establishment, sometimes the elite themselves, Why do they continuously post satanic imagery, references to children in sexual ways, inappropriate ways, while also being involved and connected to people that have either been previously arrested for human trafficking, rape, sex crimes, and uh, other slews of crimes? For instance, if you want to know Tony Podesta's morals, right? So John Podesta's is the one that had his emails linked his brother Tony, spent every birthday of his at that pizza restaurant comment ping pong well we have leaked emails about tony podesta's good friend a republican politician dennis haster who is a convicted pedophile and called a predator in the media now we found emails talking about how uh you know i might be running late uh the traffic is very warm tonight and it's like what does that even mean now if you look into like urban dictionary there's there's Warm traffic kind of means nowadays it's kind of the kids kind of say, No, nah, we can't do it, it's hot, let's go somewhere else. They're trying to find a place to smoke weed in public, nah, that place is too hot, aka, right. it's too dangerous, there's too much eyes on it from the law enforcement. So, warm traffic is kind of indicating uh, that there's attention being put on them. The email following that was about Whoa. Dennis Hester. and could that traffic, was
2: when could the traffic have meant trafficking too? Like, that's the, the, the other The trafficking package is going to be late because there's eyes on us.
1: You wonder, dude. Exactly. So there's all these theories and speculations. What does that mean? And then in the same day, that same batch emails is talking about Dennis Haster, of which we know Tony is best friends with since being a young man back in his 20s. Uh, We have images of them together, young men, right? As part of this program. And it wasn't an email saying, oh my God, I can't believe my best friend for life is a pedophile. Oh, what a horrible thing this is. I, I denounce all of this is terrible. No, the email was saying, uh, was a suggestion saying, it looks like Denny, Dennis Hastert, should flee to an undisclosed Japanese island. So when confronted, if this gives you a idea of the barometer of this guy's morals, this group's morals, when confronted with Tony's best friend being a pedophile, it isn't to denounce him or whatever. He says, looks like Dennis Hastert, my best friend, should flee to an undisclosed island, aka escape justice. So this man raped kids, molested kids as a prominent right-wing politician. And Tony and his group's advice is, yeah, his the, the thing we should do here when it comes to kids getting assaulted you should flee from being arrested. That is the real suspicion. Where if that's what they think should happen when people abuse children, then it really puts in a different light everything we found on the Instagram, the satanic imagery, the consistent use of sexual innuendo and pedophile code words uh, in Aliphantis and their friend's group. Sorry, I always try and keep that short, but I think it is that's basically what it is it's asking questions, a repeating pattern that remains consistent the collection of degenerate, disgusting art, depicting the murder of children, uh, or satanic imagery, occult imagery, all within the DC elite. That is what pizza gate is. The media will say it's about eating kids in a basement of a specific shop. It's not that they lied. I was there from start to finish. They pulled that out of their
2: butts, essentially completely falsified. So, so with, uh, Ellen and uh, the Hollywood elite, um, where do they come into play when Isaac Cappy was out there uh, trying to yell on his soapbox, and then he gets tossed? You know, he gets epsteined. Um, yep. He's talking about some pretty fucking prominent names and figures like Tom Cruise and, uh, uh, dang it, uh, the redheaded kid from uh, from Austin Powers. Seth Green. Yes, Seth uh, Green. Yeah.
1: Robot chicken. Chicken, right? Which is interesting. Hashtag chicken lovers. The chicken hawks are the pedophiles that go after chickens, young boys. So I thought that was interesting. But um
2: yeah, sorry, so I didn't mean go, to interrupt you. you don't go off of, I, that's something I love about you. And I and I I honed in on that when you were on Sam Tripley and uh, Brian Callan's show. Oh, yeah. And you were trying to explain um, Pizzagate to uh Brian Callen that won't let the person talk but uh, <laughs> yeah that was tough <laughs> but um so i know that you only stick to facts and when you were just explaining uh in a nutshell what pizzagate was to us you did not bring up uh celebrities you didn't bring up the hollywood elite you strictly said um uh, politicians so do they not have anything to do with pizzagate is that something yeah. is that an entirely different uh water balloon itself
1: so I don't think it's entirely different. That's a good observation because, yeah, this does include the, uh, uh, the top celebrities that you can envision. These people are rubbing shoulders with many different people. An example would be James Aliphant, the news referred to him as a pizza shop owner. This poor pizza shop owner is being harassed by conspiracy theories online. Really, a pizza shop owner is top 50 most powerful. Perhaps he does something else that he might put as number one on his resume as opposed to pizza shop owner. Well, he brokers multimillion dollar art deals to the most powerful people in Washington, DC. Why wouldn't you just lead with that? I'd be more happy and accomplished about that than me creating a, a pizza shop. So point is, is like to give an example, one of the parties, that uh, the galas that uh, Aliphantus organized or was instrumental in running was one that Megyn Kelly attended. The woman that would later go on to do that infamous interview with Aliphantus, you know, the one where they pretended that they never knew each other before. Well, it's interesting that she was at his party before. Now, I don't want to say she's like a Hollywood celebrity, but that's an indication of the types of people that are rubbing shoulders. And look, maybe Megyn Kelly really, truly done notice. Just, Just because she went to his party doesn't mean they're friends. But it is interesting that those connections are there. Actors, celebrities, actors of all types. Um... I'm trying to think of an, a perfect example, but honestly I can't just because th- in the art world, celebrities are very much tapped into the art world. Look at Balenciaga, right? Um, for those of you that are aware of that, it's the same thing with Pizzagate. Pizzagate highly revolves around the collection of art and art brokers, Alafantas, Tony Podesta, and just like Balenciaga celebrities, Love their degenerate, weird art, their modern art, if you can call it that. And uh, we see them pop up time and time again. So when people like Cappy come out of Hollywood, now he might not have been an A-list celebrity, but he got pretty big gigs. He was in Terminator Salvation. And honestly, I liked Cappy. I spoke with him a few times back in 2018. He seemed like a good-hearted individual. I kind of wanted to sniff out, like, are we looking at a grift here or are we looking at something different? In the end, I decided there's no harm in trusting Cappy. I like to believe that he was still authentic and trustworthy to this day, um, especially before his death and the weird shit that was going on before his death. It was very sad. And I think, uh, you know, he's someone that should be missed by our community. But when he comes out and says, guys, this PSG stuff, it extends way into the Hollywood sphere. And he lists those names like Seth Green and, and all of these people, the issue is, can we prove any of their involvement? We can't because we also can't prove James Elephantis, Hillary Clinton's, or whatever involvement. What we can do though, is see patterns of behavior and patterns of connections. I think it's safe to say that you, as a decent human being, uh, would never seek out a relationship uh, with a human trafficker, rapist, or a child molester, right? Now, if you did without knowing, and then it was revealed to you that he is a child trafficker, a rapist, whatever, you would likely sever that friendship. In my opinion, What we should be looking for is patterns of behavior where that relationship between celebrity. And criminal or pedophile is not severed. Why do you continue hanging with these people despite seeing, what is well known? we're seeing
2: that recently, right? Because Kim Kardashian was hanging on so long to Balenciaga. And, yes. and how, we, how you just said, you know, uh, if that was you or I, we would have severed ties. You know, I would have taken it a step further. I would have been like, I had no idea this is what they were about. Look, yes. here's all my text messages. It was always about business. I did not. I, I, I had no fucking clue.
1: Exactly. And we can look at things like, you know, all of the sex trafficking arrests that went down from 2016 to 2022, people look at them as isolated incidents. We had Epstein coverage 2019 and Harvey Weinstein coverage 2018, and yet none of the reports ever talked about their connection to each other. Nexium is connected to these people. John of God is connected to these people. It was, and I'm sure you've heard this, the idea of it being an open secret, these pedophiles in Hollywood, right? There's a documentary called An Open Secret. You hear this it, this rhetoric used over and over again, especially with Harvey. Everyone knew that he was a creep and whatever. Yeah, we all kind of figured he was a creep. There's that Courtney Love interview where they're like, do you have any advice for uh, young people coming over to Hollywood to try and strike it big? Hands out the microphone. She's like, yeah, uh, if Harvey invites you to a casting Call one-on-one. Don't go. Like so. This was an open secret about Harvey. Now keep that in mind for the next thing I'm going to tell you. Oprah Winfrey was very close to Harvey. She's pictured with him numerous times. They've been friends for a long time. So if we follow that large logic, that it was an open secret that Harvey was a sex creep, sex pig, uh, it begs uh, the logic follows that Oprah was aware of these allegations, and yet. She never did anything about it. She never used her massive platform to speak out. And as far as we know, she didn't try to intervene personally with Harvey to tell her to stop. And uh, the musician Seal even called Oprah out for that in public, saying, if this is an open secret, why didn't Oprah say anything? But it gets worse because who catapulted Brazilian human trafficker John of God to stardom? Oprah Winfrey, by having him on her show. No one really gave a shit about him before that, this weird new age uh, psychic spirit healer, right, that does psychic surgeries. He was already pretty popular, but she, of all people, had him on her show, and he ends up being a sex trafficker uh, that even has worse allegations against him, such as running baby. Okay, there you go. Sorry, my video blacked out. Baby farms and even possibly murdering uh, people and selling those children abroad. Uh, the woman that blew the whistle on John of God committed suicide, Sabrina bit in court. rest in peace, not a suicide, right? We see that over and over right. and over Epstein, Sabrina point is, is that we have people that high up that repeatedly brush shoulders with just by coincidence. Of course, Harvey Weinstein. Oh no, I had no idea. He was a rapist. I'm so disappointed in him. I had no idea. John of God on my show, oh my God, he's a sex trafficker, a rapist too. I can't believe it. I had no idea. How many times are we going to continue to see this where they don't sever relationships and just by chance, sheer coincidence, accidentally engorge themselves in a group that has multiple sex deviants within them? Even by chance, I'll probably never run into someone and make friends with a rapist. And yet they run into three, four, five. It's like, I don't know about that
2: more more than run into them they're like <laughs> exactly
1: exactly yeah it's not just right they're involved with them you know what i mean naomi campbell on epstein's flight very close to epstein and galaine maxwell pictured at a party with one of the little victims with them she just so happens to be a fan of john of god too and there's a picture of naomi campbell with john of god out of all the spiritual healers she could visit you know, the friend of a rapist, sex trafficker, she visits John of God. It's these repeating patterns that you continue to see pop up. So the celebrities are very much involved in this. They are the culture creators. What they say creates the trends, creates the hot new buzz, fashion style, musical preferences. That's them. The ultimate social engineering uh, stronghold is Hollywood. Uh, So it would likely be tasked with their in their group to be the ones that sort of control the narrative around pedophilia right so they get to enjoy their sexual deviancies while also doing damage control for any exposure of those deviancies when they when they come out so i think they're not even just involved but they're required for for this industrialized pedophile trafficking system to to operate
2: well yeah and i and i think that it's with anything that's within the spotlight, whether you're talking about politics, whether you're talking about um, Hollywood, whether you're talking about the music industry, uh, what whatever it may be, these actors that we see across the world are all in these specific um, groups, right? You got in, and, and whether it's like the yacht clubs or the fucking uh, whatever it might be, they're all involved in this specific thing and it, and it all has to do with trafficking. Yeah. because you know like your your favorite, uh, celebrities or pop stars or whatever growing up, you know, everybody's like, Oh my God, Britney lost her mind. No, she didn't really lose her mind. I feel like she probably hit a breaking point from being fucking sexually trafficked from the time she was a little kid yep. and then pushed into stardom. Like this isn't like something that these kids set out, like you or I, like I want to be a superstar. Like th- these kids are born bred and they're like maturing candidates and they're also involved in that. This is their life. This is their yeah. reality. Like in the movie, the Truman Show, like people will accept whatever reality is presented to them. That is their fucking reality. And being in Mm -hmm. the spotlight is not something that we look at it as. That's why when people do make it to the spotlight that come from where we come from, they're like, it's not what I thought it was, you know? Exactly.
0: So, yeah, yeah.
2: And it's prominent. So every single aspect of eyes and, and manipulation, and, and it is manipulation, just like in the movie, they live. So like once you see it, it's it's different, but they manipulate everything that happens in the world through politics, through music, yeah. and through and through the news and movies. Every yeah. thought that you have comes from these satanic fucking people that are all involved in this ring. Correct. And what you and your and your group of people did was actually started uncovering this and putting it out there to the public and fucking man, I salute you. You're an amazing, uh, freaking person, uh, soul to do that. And Thank you. like, I'm, I'm, I try not to like fanboy out or get starstruck, but I'm super juiced that you're on the show right now. Hell yeah, dude. No,
1: I'm, I'm just as hyped as you are, man. Because honestly, like if I can do this, literally anybody can do that. I am literally just a normal dude that got sp- just, I was, angry i was angry at being duped i was angry about being lied to and i was angry at myself for allowing it to happen without even a thought that it was happening to me how could i have been so blind and manipulated into this so all that energy goes into my videos where i feel like i have to make up uh for lost time i have to make up uh this to the rest of the world it doesn't matter how many people see it it'll make me feel better if i at least try to get people over to our side because if if I'm a testament to how that can happen if you have access to the correct information. And I modeled everything I do to this day off of the information that led me to it. It was only until I was introduced to people like Titus Frost that actually made videos that were just presentations putting evidence on the screen. And I remember being blown away. I was like, it's so simple, but every conspiracy video I've ever seen never did this. It was always left to the imagination. Is it true? Is it not? But Titus is showing me, okay, you get this link, you click it, it brings you here, the primary evidence in live time, and then provided those sources. So I can click through it. So I would do that and I say, oh my God, like just three days ago, this would have been schizo nonsense to me, but because Titus of and people like him out of all the other people that don't uh, follow this format, I was able to access the information because they provided it to me and they know the significance. And it was that type of shit that brought me along. So I, I, I can't believe we are in the world that we're in today going back from 2016, where Pizzagate was just being called fake news. Six years later, we are borderline domestic terrorists because of this information. Uh, they're scared. I look at this as them being scared and them ushering us into the next phase of uh, reality, the global shuffling of the, the board, the new power hierarchy is coming in, the technocratic oligarchy is being moved in, so to speak. And all of this is, I, in my opinion not only because it was going to happen anyway, that's always been the plan. If you look back to the late 1800s, they basically said as much, um, but also to nip it
2: in yeah, the bud well, now, you know? Albert Pike actually wrote about it and it, it was a sealed letters that he had had. And it talks about the three world wars and the third yes. one not be fought with bullets.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. HG Wells also predicted, uh, the end of the capitalist wars, world war two, and he was off by a year and HG Wells was a guy that was very in the know. His books, open conspiracy, new world order. Uh, they were written in 1920s and the 1940s respect, uh, respectfully. Um, uh, respectively sorry uh, and he basically writes of the same thing a technocratic world order the affairs of mankind manage it uh managed by technology po- population levels evened out by use of contracept- uh, cr- contraceptives he even said that war is not a sustainable uh population control technique moving into the future because it's likely that we won't see any other wars uh in the same vein as World War II, after World War II, so not only did he predict World War II, he straight up also said we're probably not going to see anything like that ever again, right? Uh, the dissolution of national uh, uh, nationalism and sovereign nation states, and the emergence of a singular one-world uh, governmental system. In order to combat planetary emergencies, we're moving out of that world of like uh, Russia being the enemy, China being the enemy, Nazi Germany. we got to send our troops over to save humanity and democracy. We're done with that because we don't want nation states anymore. This is the idea. We want to dissolve them, turn them into a singular borderless group governed by uh, a single government. And we can't do that unless we adequately uh, convince Mm -hmm. the population that the threats now don't come from countries. Uh, They are global threats, climate change, food shortage, pandemic, uh, overpopulation, whatever. And like, Aldous Huxley wrote Manufactured
2: about. crises. That's exactly
1: it Manufactured crisis And this comes from The first do, The first global revolution Guys if you're listening To this right now You want to check that out Club of Rome The first global revolution Le- Read like the first 10 pages Read all of it But at least the first 5-10 pages They straight up say That moving forward We can't deal with the problems The way we've been dealing with them We need to create An overarching Series of problems That we create uh, That we combat Simultaneously 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 at the same time. We can't handle this issue first, this issue second. They need a simultaneously uh, coordinated assault on what they uh, said was world problems, global problems. And they said, and verbatim, we think climate change would fit the bill. It's a strange thing to say. If climate change was an actual problem, here they are saying, what problem should we use to create this one world system, this collective climate change will fit the bill. That's where the climate change agenda comes from in its modern form. It was produced by think tanks like Club of Rome that said for the first time, yeah, overpopulation is issue. And the only way we can ever beat these, if it's the survival of our species. The only way we can combat these problems is if we cooperate globally. And that's the kicker, global cooperation, right? They talk right. about governments aren't good enough. They're too short-sighted. We need NGOs to take over. Sounds about accurate for a document written in the fucking 70s. Look where we are. So, it, it, not to go off on a huge tangent um, with transhumanism shit, but it, it is interesting that I think we're moving into that world that's been written about as far back, you know, by people like Pike, the Fabian socialists of the 1880s, stuff like that. And human trafficking and all that is wrapped up into this issue, believe it or not. They sound two separate issues. Well, that's same I'm good. People. I'm glad
2: you brought that up because I was going to say, like, uh, I doubt that you've stopped digging into something. And it's not that Pizzagate has dissolved at all, but I'm sure it's opened up a bunch of different rabbit holes. And I was surprised the, uh, the other day you had messaged me and asked me about transhumanism. And uh, I sent you uh, 2045.com. Did you have a yes. chance to look into that at all? And- I did.
1: I did. Yeah, that was a really, really interesting dig. And I'm glad you reminded me because I wanted to look into it more. And I forget what I found. There was a few interesting things that I found in there, though. But that is something that, you know, we definitely need to get in front of more people. That was a great. F- I had never seen that mentioned before, ever. So that was really interesting. What are your thoughts on that? Because there's a few. I can't remember the names I discovered that were involved with it. But what have you dug up on it? my memory
2: (laughs) i myself uh haven't been doing much digging in the past year ever since i've been doing the show i kind of rely on my guests but um i i had on uh lady liberty libby and uh, a friend of mine and she's been talking out and she came on my show and it was all about 2045.com and about the transhumanism agenda Mm -hmm. and everything that look, it it all seems legit. Like when I went to 2045.com at first within the first like 30 seconds to a minute, I was like, this is satire. This isn't a real website, right? It looks like satire. Yeah. Totally right on it. Um, But it's legit. And then you can follow back. uh, There's a bunch of different links on the website uh, as far as like funding, researching and, where they've come to this point what their goal is and it's uh it's hand in hand with the transhuman agenda and it's also hand in hand with the spiritual battle that we are going through because if if i don't know how you feel but i feel like uh we are in a spiritual battle and both sides see the finish line and we're both sides are running as fast as they can to the finish line and um so with these people they know that their time is running short, and uh, I feel like they are really trying to be able to take their consciousness and be able to transfer it into something else so that they don't have to face the wrath of God. Absolutely. Dude, you, you couldn't have
1: broken it down in, in a more succinct and accurate format, because that's exactly how I perceive it. Number one, it is spiritual warfare. Uh, it took me a little bit to come around to not believing it, but understanding why I kept hearing that brought up in conspiracy circles what is it with you know all of these conspiracy people they are not only you know pretty religious super religious but they talk about this spiritual warfare aspect well just outline what you just said digital immortality let me i got the site right here 2045 initiative 2045.com the website you turns me on it was founded by russian entrepreneur Dmitry Itzkov in february 2011 little about Dmitry from his wiki here he's a russian entrepreneur a billionaire founder of new media stars web based media company uh but where is it he's best known for being the founder of the 2045 initiative quote which aims to achieve cybernetic immortality by the year 2045 end quote okay so it's not even like 2045 is is uh you know just parallel to certain people that want to achieve immortality no it was formed specifically to achieve that and what do we see with all of these freaks the uh uh these this age what do they call it like The general idea of the elixir of youth staying young, this is where the adrenochrome stuff comes. This is why we see clips of people like Sandra Bullock on Ellen DeGeneres talking about her skincare routine, and she gets called out uh, for using a product that's literally the foreskin of children and putting that on her face, uh, which is disgusting, but it overlaps with that general idea of uh, revitalizing your own youthful vigor uh, through the uh, theft of... uh, biological properties like blood, stem cells from true youth, right? And And it's um, highly
2: occultic too.
1: That's exactly it. And this is why uh, Peter Nygaard, he was extremely interested. One of the victims came out and said that he wouldn't stop ranting about, if he got the girls pregnant that he had sex with, he would make them have abortions, right? Because he essentially needed stem cells. This is the same reason that Nygaard was in the process of building a stem cell facility uh, before his arrest. I, actually, that's something we should check up on, too, to see, like, who is that just going to, are they going to just squash the product because he, or the project because he's arrested now, or is someone going to take the reins? But this human trafficker that is obsessed with maintaining his youth um, tried to create a stem cell facility, and he's clearly aware of abortion stem cell stuff, being as how open he was to discuss that specifically with one of the victims that he was actively uh, raping at the time. Uh, So we see this all, so the spiritual warfare idea comes into play when we're talking about a force, a group of people that are working on usurping the power of God and changing the image of God. If you believe that we are all uh, created Uh, in the image of God, right? Natural beings put on this earth by the almighty, right? Whatever you might believe, we're trying, they are trying to usurp that power. If you think about it, we now have the ability to manipulate uh, entire swaths of species on our planet. Should we eradicate mosquitoes or should we not? Well, that's something that previously animals went extinct. That was a God thing. We had nothing to do with that. God is the true, you know, uh, um, dishing out of who lives and who dies, right? If you're a religious person, but now we want to bastardize that by being the sole purveyors of who gets born, uh, how you get born, test tube babies, the idea of CRISPR technology, getting rid of uh, uh, different genes, different traits, different behavioral traits uh, that are eh, not really too convenient. We don't want to have that, like the CRISPR guy, the Chinese dude that got arrested because he, illegally used CRISPR to make a few kids AIDS resistant before they were even born. We have now almost complete control, not only over our environment, uh, we're almost there with geoengineering, spraying of the sky, climate change, stuff like that, but also the evolutionary line of our future. We have co-opted evolution. It is no longer a natural happening process. We control who gets born when they die. There will be a death limit at some point just based on population levels too high, you know, mandatory caught off 65 years old, or at least make suicide voluntary for those that want it. Like, Canada, well, they're right? already
2: doing it in Canada. They're, That's they're exactly it. advertising it. They're exactly having like commercials it. about it too. And yes. I noticed that those are the only commercials that I've seen recently that are not woke because all it is, is white people.
1: Interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God. Interesting. See, that's the same shit. And I hate to say it, but it's like the covers of magazines, right, will be like something about shit. I can't even. Okay. like if you say if there's a news cover of uh, Rolling Stone or whatever, just a magazine, the cover will be like why marriage isn't all it's cracked up to be. And it'll be like a Uh, a a white couple right a white man and a white woman but then when they try and send a different message it'll be like an interracial couple right and it's like what are you trying to say are you trying to say like maybe white people shouldn't get married and have kids is that what you're getting at why is it only white people but then everything else is i just i just see a pattern there i'm not going to say too i just
2: see a pattern there's all i'm saying i I find it hilarious right because uh, (laughs) i grew up in a in a freaking melting pot. So um I Me was too. very colorblind where I grew up. Yeah. And I didn't even realize that race was a problem until uh recently when uh they manufactured that problem. Yes. Um yep. But uh, I I will say that, you know, in the media, ever since I was a kid, you would always hear comedians and um, in movies and stuff where black people would be pointing out specific things that only, you know, like, oh, look, uh, the the first person that dies in the movie, it's going to be a black person or, oh, look, there's not a black couple in this movie, right? So now... They went the total opposite way. And I'm seeing white people doing what black people were doing in the 90s. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, they just flipped the fucking coin around. And isn't that
1: interesting? Let's repeat what you just said right there. It's totally valid, but there's also a different layer to that. They flipped the coin around, they inverted reality, right? And that in itself is like an occultic as above, so below type thing. The same idea as to why there's a reflection pool outside an obelisk in Washington, D.C. If you look at it, you see the obelisk going up and the reflection of the obelisk in the water looks like it's pointing down as above, so below, this idea that we're flipping reality on its head. And that's part of this wider shakeup where it's almost as if I'm living in an, I don't know if you feel this way. And honestly, I will admit that it actually kind of gets me a little bit. It gives me a little bit of anxiety and I'm trying to work on it. But the idea that it freaks me out that I can go and stand in a group of a thousand people in Times Square and realize that no matter how many facts I have, no matter how much data I have, if I try to tell them, not even that something like Pizzagate is truly happening, but if I try to tell them, let's take COVID, for example, the falsified numbers died with COVID versus died of COVID. Okay. established fact. There's data to support it. The idea that if I stand in that crowd of people and tell them, hey, do you want to, uh, I challenge you to a little political discourse here. Let's talk about X, Y, and Z subject, right? They won't even look at me or take the numbers. Out. They'll They'll write me off on an emotional level. No logic, no reasoning, nothing my my data doesn't matter and that's truth being willingly and enthusiastically being thrown into the trash kobe bryant three shot swish don't give a shit about the truth hence the creation of narrative driven stories around historical incidents at current this is Absolutely. my truth this is that- my truth there is no your truth there is objective truth and subjective reality
2: Yes. And, and that is manufactured weaponization is what that is because yep. uh, exactly what you were just saying. If you were to walk up to somebody wearing a mask right now and try to explain to them, you know, that the buildup of bacteria can a- actually cause bronchitis and it's not good to keep breathing in the same shit, blah, blah, blah. You can just throw out facts to them. They're going to look at you. They're going to roll their eyes at you and they're going to be pissed off that you even came up to them yeah. and talked to them and they're going to walk away from you. Exactly. So like, so they want to live in the reality that they are living in. But like I just said, that is manufactured weaponization because what they did was they created this issue that didn't really exist. Yes. And and there's an old saying, it's so old that it, every American knows it and it's united we stand, divided we fall. Yet we don't ever think about that saying because it's so true. Yeah. And, and I know that in my lifetime, All I've ever seen was them dividing us more and more and more into these little smaller and smaller and smaller groups. Now I'm going to rewind a little bit because I love something that happened out of Q. And if it wasn't for Q, and I've said this from my listeners, shut the fuck up, we already know. if it wasn't for Q, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you right now. Like, because I would have just been the crazy conspiracy guy that was just fucking looking up YouTube videos and talking to my friends and family who wouldn't give me the time of day on the subjects mm-hmm. in the first place. Right. So yeah. what Q did was it showed me that there's a community of people out there that think just like me. And it gave me a platform and it gave me a, a, it made me feel like, Oh shit, like other people do feel this way and they want to do something about it as well. So, yes. so like, if it wasn't for Q, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So yeah. whether it was a PSYOP, it was, it, it, there is a lot of good that came out of it. and uh, Yeah,
1: I couldn't agree more with that. So, same thing here, except one year earlier. Uh, before Q was it, was it was the Pizzagate crowd. Wow, these people at the time, I didn't think, oh, they're just like me because I was brand new. I didn't believe in any of this shit. But I soon became knowledgeable and understanding of why they say what they say at the very least, I no longer consider them really stupid or ridiculous for saying this really outlandish stuff because I at least understand now why they say it and where they're coming from. I get it now. Now that I have access to see this group of individual talk amongst themselves, debate amongst amongst themselves, and go and look into their statements, I now realize, wow, this is a whole new world of people that I had never knew existed. Um, You can argue as to why that might be the case. Uh, You don't want to bring this stuff up in your personal life. You can lose jobs over it. It's almost half to me before after I started to gain some traction online it became a problem because I choose like you to show my face behind my statements I think that's a sign of being trustworthy right I'm willing to put my identity behind the things that that I say so and that's exactly what I was saying before was QAnon, I can shit on it all day, but there's plenty of good things about it too, and that's exactly like what you said. Half the people I talked to today, I might not have met if it weren't for QAnon. Like me, they started off really interested in QAnon, then they moved away saying, I don't know about this, or they're spooked. Wait, Q's calling for martial law. Wait, isn't that kind of like the thing we don't want, especially if we're not for sure like what type of dude Trump is, like, is he pretending? Is he acting? Is he really an outsider? The infinite cycle of Trump debates among the conspiracy theory, is he truly an outsider? Did he get lucky into the White House or is he playing a part? Well, if we don't know the answer to that with a hundred percent confidence, perhaps martial law isn't the best end for all this because what are we supposed to say like, okay, if Trump does martial law, that's good, but, but if they do it, not good. It's like, let's right. think this through guys, <laughs> let's be very careful, but all of that aside, Doesn't matter because it gave us so many new people that are going to go on to do such amazing work like you are. That who am I? Who am I to to say anything about Psyop or not? You know, doesn't matter. I'm just glad that it brought some new folks into the into the wrap. You know, and we need things like that. Maybe not like Qanon specifically, but we need active coordinated, collaborative efforts that are-
2: Well, being active active is exactly why I jumped off of the Q train and it is because I feel like Q, yeah, as many people as it woke up, it taught people that couldn't otherwise think critically and, and read between the lines. It did that for a lot of fucking people But then after the elections happened, after inauguration happened, I was still on board because I was like, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. If I knew the outcome, then so would the enemy. That would be fucking stupid. Right. Right. I, what I didn't like is they would say the ending is not for everybody. And I'm going to tell you why I don't mm-hmm. like that. And it's because the ending is not for everybody because maybe there isn't a fucking ending. Maybe what they're doing is they're pacifying all those that otherwise would actually take arms and maybe do something. Like go stand in front of their state capitol peacefully with uh, armed weapons and say, look, we're, we're here. We're going to do something until shit starts to change. I think Q is pacifying the people that would actually yes. do something, and it is, it's making people just still wait while they dangle the fucking carrot, while they slowly take more and more and more of our rights away every single day. But then, like, once a week, they'll give you a little tiny win, so you're like, oh, wait, the Patriots are in control.
1: Yes, very organized, and that – is where I really got a sinking feeling in my stomach. It went from me thinking QAnon is, okay, just not really my thing, but okay, cool, overall a benefit. But I started to catch on slowly where I, when I heard the rhetoric that Q was spitting, and I think bold and underline what you just say, pacifying the community, guys, if we want change, we need to make our voices known and without violence, I do believe that we need to, I, I don't condone violence at all. So peacefully protest. I don't care if, that. Exactly. About yeah. That. It's not cool. Like there, we have to exhaust all possibilities first before that there, there could be a way to do that. Even if you think peaceful protest doesn't work, it doesn't matter. It's at least something. And yet, QAnon, that's the one tool in our kit that has historically made changes in many ways among different demographics. And QAnon is like, don't do that. What was the saying? Sit back and enjoy the show. Grab the popcorn. It's like, okay, sit back. Don't do anything. It's all up to me, the anonymous internet prophet that has insider knowledge and this. And that. I'm like, I don't, I don't like that. And when he started introducing more uh, aspects of the conspiracy world into the QAnon lore, so to speak, right? It's not just about gate. I started to notice, I said, this is bad. What's going to happen is they're making a move to comprehensively wipe out conspiracy theorists and truthers aka alternative rhetoric alternative narratives that challenge the established mainstream narrative let's go back to the advent of fake news 2016 edgar madison welch walks in with a gun comet ping pong because of pizzagate The first news, that's where fake news comes about. We start to hear the name fake news. And I remember specifically when I saw that, I said, oh, my God, they're grasping. You can't just say they're fake news. You don't even tell me why it's fake. You're just telling me, yeah, that's fake. It was the most childish, elementary thing of an argument. You're not telling me why it's fake. You're just telling me that's fake news. We're real news with no nothing to back it up. So I said, "Okay, we're going to hear more of this fake news stuff. But let's think about this for a moment without QAnon all of the various conspiracies that come out since then. Imagine COVID in a world of, of no uh, QAnon. Imagine the elections and the insurrection without any QAnon, all of the all of the conspiracies. There's like 15 of them, the vaccines, the COVID numbers, the Pizzagate, the this, the that. Imagine having to write debunk articles for each one, calling them all separately. That's fake news. That's fake news too, just trust me. I'm just gonna say it's fake, trust me. Yep, that's fake news too. I can imagine a roundtable table meeting where it's like, guys, we need to find a way to put this all under one basket, under one umbrella term, where we can use that as the signifier that this information is QAnon adjacent, a.k.a. write it off. This is a QAnon theory, a.k.a. write it off. What should we include under the QAnon umbrella? I don't know, fucking everything that's alternative. That's right. what worried me about QAnon. It was not a singular mission. The mission was relax don't ever do it. I'm going to tell you about all the evil in the world, but I'm also going to tell you, don't do anything to fix it. And also we
2: got it under control.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just keep waiting. We're also going to save Israel for last, of course. Right. Because we have to save Israel for last. I remember QAnon specifically said that I'm like, "Eh, you might want to put them higher up on the list. I mean, you know, nine 11 Epstein might be blackmailing people on behalf of the Mossad kind of important, you know, maybe not last bump them up the list a little bit, you know, and it's like, suspect. right? And I think that's dangerous. So what ended up happening is quantifying conspiracies with violence, inverting the community's belief in conspiracy theories. They're no longer goofballs worthy of being ignored. They are radicalization potential, domestic terrorist potential, and they cause violence. And their first dry run prototype version was Edgar Madison Welch, I believe in a conspiracy theory. I'm going to grab my rifle and do something about it. And what did he grab? Not a pistol, not a shotgun. It was an AR-15, right? The real bad weapon, just by chance, right? And he walks in and people were saying, okay, that's a prime example of how fake news on the internet causes violence. That was a prototype run for what QAnon would ultimately end up doing because it put us into a definable category of conspiracy theorists, right? That beforehand were scattered all over the world. We all believe different stuff. Some people believe flat earth. Uh, other people don't believe in that. Uh, but then other people believe in flat earth, but not another thing, right? Yeah, let, me jump, in, diversity. let me jump
2: in right there because that's what, that's what got me too. And I love your theory here is they were able to take us like farm animals and round us all up into one arena because- yeah. Uh, q had such a magnet to it for all of us conspiracy theorists or free thinkers or just outside of the box people because all of us that dig into these different things these little arenas that you're talking about they have a really dark ending to them all yeah but yeah, q didn't q yes. was the only one out there that was shiny it was like come with us we have a good happy ending And so what it did was it took all of us in it. And we were walking by and it was just like a kid at a candy shop. And we were like, oh, look at
1: that. Some hope, optimism, hope you like just something to cling on to. Like, oh, my God, this is amazing. If any of this is true, like, holy shit, this would be historical, if if this is true, can you imagine? And it's like, why wouldn't you want to fight for that? You know, especially in the early days of QAnon, why wouldn't I jump aboard this thing, right? Like, I don't know for sure what it is, but they're saying this is a happy ending, there is evil in the world, we will prevail. There's a strike force embedded within the system of white hats actively subverting the attempts of an evil agenda, right? Which is kind of what we all hope and pray exists. How can you not jump on board with that? But what we did even worse, Uh, insult to injury, kicking us while we're down, we wrote our own demise in a way by actively hoping, and I'm not faulting anyone for it because I did the same thing, I was hoping that all of this was real, cautiously staying away, but cautiously observing the updates on QAnon all the time, the new drops. Uh, You know, we wrote our own demise because through our hope, We allowed ourselves to fall into the trap they built for us, which is being okay with equating all conspiracy theories as equal and in the same bundle, when in reality, they're not. Some have more merit than others, more available evidence to back up than others. Even if those others are true, we don't have the real evidence to to support that yet. QAnon said, no, it's our real. Let's all put it into this basket. And then the coverage started happening where they started to use QAnon as the calling card for Any conspiracy theory in the media. We saw moments. uh, Do you remember the news stories from 2018, 2019 talking about a family member murdered his parents uh, over QAnon conspiracy, thought they were lizards, right? And the media is always talking about, oh, okay, so all conspiracy theories must believe in reptilians. (laughs) Okay, QAnon is conspiracy, so they're the same always. That was key because nobody would ever. Uh, fight back. The average person would never fight back against our demise because they have been tricked into believing, okay, everyone believes in reptilians. That's fucking stupid. Everyone believes in flat earth. That's fucking, okay, write it all off. And now no such thing as a legit conspiracy exists. And in fact, they conditioned us, Pavlovianly conditioned us into thinking, not only is this all bullshit, but these people are dangerous. Look, Edgar Madison Wiltz brought a gun in because they thought Hillary Clinton was drinking blood in a, at a pizza shop. This guy killed his parents because of QAnon conspiracy about reptilians. This other guy killed, a or he drove that truck into the dam and blocked the road or whatever. If you remember that story because of QAnon, all of this shit. So I'm like, this is bad guys. We've willingly walked into a digital trap where they've corralled us, where we willingly have allowed it uh, to make all conspiracy theories worthy of demonization coupled with the constant bombardment of QAnon equals violence. This guy killed his dad, Edgar Madison Welt. This guy had a standoff with police because of QAnon. And then the ultimate culmination uh, was Number one, I want to say I'm trying to, I'm arguing between the two the insurrection, January 6th, and COVID. This is the final stamp of approval, guys. This is important. And I'm going to try and explain it as best I can. QAnon resulted in the most fantastic visual spectacle that we've seen in recent years which was the january 6th insurrection for those of you just listening i'm putting that in uh, air quotes okay uh so we just celebrated
2: insurrection day a few days ago actually yes we
1: did yes yes uh and what we saw on display was people somehow get into the capitol building uh commit acts despite it being a red flag from the beginning i told my viewers on the show multiple times i i like you know, because everyone was hitting me up saying, "Are you going to go, dude? Are you got like maybe we can link up when we're there?" I said, "Guys, I don't don't go." I like it's there was just times Yes, and what made me think it was a trap was the Nashville bombing, that RV bombing. Uh, there was a whole group of conservative right wingers that were heading to DC in an RV convoy, right? And I was like, "Wait, okay, Nashville bombing using an RV." RV convoy of right-wingers going to DC. I said, oh my God, something's going to fucking explode or something, isn't it? I was wrong about the bomb, but was correct about something exactly. I was wrong about something actually going down uh, just the way it did. We ended up making ourselves look like domestic terrorists. So what happened is we willingly wrote our own demise by... God forbid, having some hope, following Q. And what ends up happening? Trump tells us to go to the Capitol. They go because they believe in Trump. They truly believe our democracy is at stake and it was just stolen. And then we go into the Capitol, doors are opened for us, or them rather. Uh, nobody questioned. Why are they opening doors for us? Why aren't nothing really
2: crazy is happening? Oh, we anymore. all were, we all were questioning.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I'm watching this in live time. Well, people, I said, oh there my were, God. Right?
2: Because when you're you're there, it's different because you're caught up in the heat of the moment, and then you have these, uh, you have these uh, three-letter agencies that have their. Uh, agent provocateurs in the crowd who who rile up everybody and get them get them all going and then they're the ones that go in there and you know i didn't go but i know a bunch of people that were there personally uh and you know some people saw alex jones he was riling people i love alex jones but he was out there rallying people up you know like uh, uh, i just (laughs) <laughs> that guy is his batting average is fucking incredible, but I still can't get over the fact of he was able to get into bohemian grove, film the cremation of care. And he's still fucking alive and talking about it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's a uh, innumerable questions we can ask about Jones. I like him for reasons outside. I just like him. I like his guy. I think he's funny as shit. I just, I just like the guy. Sorry. Not going to apologize for it. Even though I just did. I was being sarcastic. I like Alex Jones. There is uh uh, several criticisms that you can levy against Alex Jones and that and I yeah when you're there I don't blame anybody for doing uh, what they did obviously outside of the violence of course but what we did was we walked into the Capitol uh, we didn't question how we were able to get in or why the police were just opening the gates for us and using likely uh, agent provocateurs um, to Rile up the troops to really get people acting violent. Also, tack on a few deaths that, for whatever reason, say he was bludgeoned by an exting a fire extinguisher. Even though he didn't die there, he died like the next two days. Following that logic,
2: we must be illness. By the way, too exactly anything that they said.
1: Yeah, following their logic, we would assume we'd have fifty police officers dead from the Floyd riots, just which was a hundred times more violent. So then, now we have the ultimate image that was the. Uh, Final crescendo of turning us into domestic terrorists, because now we as conspiracy. They had a mascot
2: for it, too. They had the they had the Q shaman. Come on. Come on. You're going to
1: tell me he's one of us. That's so fucking crazy (laughs) to me is like, yeah, I want to stage a revolt and save our democracy. And, you know, if I want people to understand our play and why we're doing this, I'm going to dress up. In this because people will totally look at me as trustworthy with that. I just don't get it. The optics were off. Nobody, if you were truly trying to get people onto your side, like we need to take the power back. This is why we're doing this. The shaman, Buffalo shaman guy, isn't going to do it. And there's that famous image of them standing there and he's like this with his buddies. And it's like all the cameramen are taking photos with it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a real dangerous terroristic activity right there. Hey, ISIS, stand right there. Don't cut his head off yet. Let me just get this. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? If you were truly in a terroristic situation that stood any chance of actually overthrowing the government, you would you would get the hell out of there. As a media personality, what the hell are you doing in the middle of a crowd that you call terrorists? We're so dangerous, you shouldn't feel safe here, right? But there, they are perfect photo shoots, perfect figures to be the subject of those photo shoots. Boom, bang, cemented, final stamp of approval, final crescendo. Conspiracy theorists are now domestic terrorists from here on out. That's not just rhetoric. You call us potential terror threats. That is the same level of surveillance. We levy against actual terrorist threats. I don't think people understand the weight of being called a potential terror threat is that allows a whole new, uh, uh infrastructure of surveillance to be put onto us. Okay. And that's the goal. And then finally, the end point, how can we really convince the public? Because not en- everyone was at the Capitol. Not everyone saw the violence they saw it through the TV pandemic breaks out. Many people lost their family members, their mothers, their fathers, their brothers, their sisters, right? Whatever it is, Um, even though COVID was overblown, I'm not going to say it's not a deadly virus to some people, especially with comorbidities, older people overweight as well, for the people that are losing their family members, right? I have a personal buddy that lost her family members because she went to the hospital at the most unfortunate time when they thought ventilators would still help. Well, they killed her, right? Now, imagine that happening across the country and all of those angry and sad people Being told by the authorities, the authoritative sources that conspiracy theorists and QAnon people are responsible for this because not only are they not masking, they're still going out in public. They're not abiding by the lockdown. And when the vaccine came out, they're not getting vaccinated. Your mother died because of them. Your father died because of them. And that is quantifiable. Remember the articles that were coming out saying uh, in, in the Midwest, all the red states have higher rates of deaths and lower rates of vaccination. So they were even making it partisan saying, see, so you guys, look, all the blue states are all vaxxed up and they have less deaths. But look at those red states. They're not saying right. they it's got-
2: a pandemic of the unvaccinated. They were, right. they were drilling that into everybody's head. I, exactly. I remember people doing mashups of how many different people were saying that between yep. joe biden to every media mogul out there yeah uh, yep. yeah so we had those two things that were able to take all of uh, the rounded up herd and and not only that not only them but they also had the maga people as well and and the hardcore conservatives also rounded up with them because yes. we and so i do want to jump back i have two questions for you and yeah, the first please. The first one is is kind of off subject, but on subject. Have you seen the movie Pizzagate Massacre? It's got the um, redheaded chick with from the Balenciaga ads.
1: Okay, I know the movie. Um, I haven't actually seen it. I totally forgot about it. I but you're yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen it though. I, I don't even know the nature of it. Is who produced that film? Do you know, like what's the background on that? Because I'm not uh, familiar.
2: It was produced by Illuminati Productions. And don't laugh, I'm actually 100% me. <laughs> that's what comes up on screen. It says Illuminati Productions. You, you can't make this <laughs> shit up.
1: You can't make this shit up. So I'm assuming, was it a movie that was just taking the most uh, blatant and outlandish ideas of Pizzagate and like making a story out of it? Like, oh my God, we right. found a basement. So and there's a kid. <laughs>
2: So it starts off with uh, that redheaded girl in the Balenciaga ads. It starts off and she has a, a local news. Uh, she's an anchor and she's like breaking and she's breaking this story. And it's about a secret reptilian um, government stronghold that is holding, uh, you know, and I actually I opened my uh, show with a clip from that movie.
1: Was that what that was? Okay. I was wondering. I was like,
2: where have that? very beginning. Cool. Yeah, the very beginning, there's like a, that very one part of it. but yep. um, And so, you know, there's like a militia, and it's out in the middle. Of, it, Texas, it takes place in Texas, not in D.C. Okay. Uh, of course, and, and a militia. 30, but there's the pizza parlor, right? Uh, and that's where they're holding all these kids. These reptilians are holding these kids in a pizza parlor, and so this – girl who worked at the uh news station decided she wants to make a documentary about it goes to the uh I don't want to give too much away but it's got every fucking type of person that we we were just talking about in this movie and they're just totally making fun of us at the same time
1: so i want to ask did that movie come out before QAnon or after do you know by by chance because it would be interesting if it was beforehand because it was was
2: after the fact it's totally just rubbing it on our faces and making fun of us is what it is
1: i remember not only the name i remember i saw the trailer too that's all i watched of it and uh you know i've done a few times on my show um i will look up pizzagate debunks on youtube and try and find uh videos of people actually deep trying to debunk it using evidence basically the same caliber of my work and your work evidence-based but on the other side, the critic side, you know, and I can barely find uh, any of them. So that I'm surprised I didn't do a watch along. I like to do those sometimes where we watch the HBO documentary about uh, Pizzagate and that featured James Elephantis doing new interviews. This was about two years ago. We watched the documentary in full on my channel. And what I did was I used that as an opportunity to confront the allegations that they're levying against us. And and refuting that using evidence, right? And um, shit, I'm kicking myself. I should have I should have done a watch along with that pizza of the Pizzagate massacre. See, and that is the type well, of well, you, think-
2: you still can, you still can. It's streaming on Tubi, so really, I think I, yeah.
1: I might have to do that, man, because I, it's it's fun. It's it's a different take, right? And it's like it's laughable too, because you could tell that they somehow, despite having to spend hours on a script. They never once, they managed to somehow avoid entirely reputable sources that make them go, huh, right? Because it's like, what the fuck? Because I would have done the same thing back in the day about conspiracy, because I was still asleep. I was an NPC that's been hypnotized. It's totally, and I've always been into video editing and production and writing. I've done videos same. entire my entire life, just not in this realm, you know? And me being kind of against conspiracies for the most part, I wouldn't have put it past myself to make a similar movie like that, making fun of reptilians and whatever. But I guarantee fucking to you that if I was thorough enough to try and understand what these theories are, how could you not run into something that makes you go, wait, hold on. How fake is this? Because that's what happened to me. I got pissed. What do you guys keep talking about Podesta and trafficking for? Sit down. This is stupid. Wait a moment. Oh, hold I, on. Wait a minute. You don't have <laughs>
2: I have a funny story for you. So you were see, you were not maybe you weren't an NPC. You just you just weren't fully awake yet because you were yeah. thinking you just didn't realize you were. And I exactly and I, have, I have just recently ran into somebody who is doing the same thing. He's awake and he doesn't even realize that he is. Yeah. So I can't give out. I'm not going to give out any names. And, yeah, that's cool. There's a there's a host of a uh, of a raiders uh, of a. I almost said Oakland of a Las Vegas Raiders program. And he was on there uh, recently and he was pissed off and he was ranting about how the head coach and the owners of the Raiders were, um, were throw they threw the entire season so that they could scapegoat Derek Carr so that they can get Tom Brady for next season. Mm. And I'm like, Oh shit. I was like, so I reached out to him and I said, Hey, would you like to come on the show? Because I've always wanted to talk about uh, conspiracies in based in sports anyways. Yeah. And I was like, I was, would you like to come on the show and talk about all the conspiracy shit going on with the Raiders right now? And he was like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist and my show is based only in fact. And I don't think that would be a very good fit for me. It would hurt my brand. And I'm like, no, and so I wrote him back, and I was like, I understand you don't want to hurt your brand, but just so you know, everything that you were saying on your show last night is a conspiracy. When two people conspire behind a closed door for the outcome of which is unknown to other people is a conspiracy. And I was like, have yourself a good day, sir. Thank you for yeah. even writing me back. Because it is a big yeah. show. I'm surprised he even wrote me back. So. Yeah, that was, at
1: least he reached back out to you, but doesn't it go to show you that this person just... Uh, got turned on to the same thing that you are aware of, right? This shenanigans in sports that can be labeled a conspiracy. And by the way, for these people that say I don't de- deal with conspiracy, I deal with facts. Uh, I'm sorry. Is there not a legitimate charge that you could be charged with in a U.S. court of law called conspiracy? Is there? Does that is that not a thing? No, it is a thing. All it is is more than one person collaborating to commit a crime in secret. That's a conspiracy. And guess what? In order to uh, charge and convict people for that, it's got to be based on evidence. And who's he to say? All respect. At least he reached out to you. He's seeing the same thing you are. But isn't it interesting, the um, cognitive dissonance, the idea that, what, you think I'm just making this up? I I base this on evidence just as much as you do. Now, In fairness, there are many conspiracy theorists that do good work but aren't very uh, diligent or not in the same way. They like to summarize conspiracy theories as opposed to guide newbies to it. That's totally fine. I do a different format. Um, Sam Tripoli, tinfoil hat. I fucking love that dude. But it's not like they're pulling up all this dense data live on the show like I am. I prefer his show because it's more fun. Mine is boring as shit because it's just database. That's, that's, but that's the goal. You know what I mean? So we're both doing equally good work. But notice how, like, that guy, despite noticing the same shit you did, says, no, I have the facts and you don't. And why is that? decades of programming and conditioning to look at us at first as fools with tinfoil hats in our little basement, our bomb shelter that we built with our canned foods and perishables stacked over our head, um, and then switched on its head in recent years to being dangerous. Either way, you're being programmed to write us off. And despite noticing the same thing we do, uh, they, for whatever reason, say, no, I don't deal in conspiracies. It's like, hmm, this is why, in my opinion, optics are important. And I hate to say it, but we need to be tactful uh, in our argumentation, the way we approach this. Um, I, I like to poke fun at some people that, that uh, I, I invite criticism and skepticism. I'm not always right. I have made uh, retracted statements in the past. Usually it's nothing too big. I try my best to be objective. We're not always right. But typically when people argue with me, I'll ask them, like, did you read the show notes? Like, I'm sorry, but I, I spent 10 hours looking into this over a course of a few days or whatever. Like, I treat this like a job. And I'm sorry, sure, you can critique me or criticize me, but I'm not going to accept your arguments if you have not put in the time like I did 10 fucking hours or more, like, whatever it is
2: to, to well, actually I... understand this. That's something that I highly respect about you is because, it, it, and I have definitely put in hours and hours and time and research yeah. and a lot of things, but you, you print your receipts, right? So, so when you walk up to the gunfight, you actually have weapons to use and I'll walk right. up to the gunfight and I'll show a meme and they're like, well, show me this, show me that. And that's every conspiracy junkie like myself. We hate that shit because yes. we're like, Yo, dude, it took me how many hours of going through shit. There's no way I'm going to be able to find that shit again. You always, when you do your shows and when you, when you present yourself, you always are, you have, you have your receipts with you, you have your evidence. And so if anybody wants to be like, oh, this crazy conspiracy theorist, like, well, how crazy is it? If you're like, if you're reading off documents, are you reading off, let's go back to Pizzagate when you're reading off of these emails directly from them. Right. Yeah. So. Yep. <clears throat> so man an hour and a half went by really fucking quick <laughs> yeah, i can't
1: believe it's an hour and a half That's love, crazy. yeah dude i love
2: talking to you we're definitely yeah. gonna have to do this again in the future 100%. Uh, uh yeah man it's uh I, I want i want you to know that
0: <laughs>
2: yo it was amazing uh you uh you were everything that i hoped you were gonna be and uh i'm glad to call you my friend and definitely we're gonna have to do some shit in the future together dude no doubt about it
1: man just just hit me up i got a good schedule now typically this time is like my heyday i can always be around for that man so like i said i'm trying my best to get more such an introverted dude that i don't do too many shows i really gotta start doing that man meet so many cool ass people so i'm glad to have you as a friend too buddy like we got to stick together and you know despite all the darkness uh that we tend to talk about right uh let's not lose sight of uh any optimism that we have left things are dark yes but Uh, things might change for the better. There are, in my opinion, more good people in the world uh, than bad. And technologically, we have been rendered uh, unable uh, to see that, right? We are confronted all day, every day with violence, dread, horrible things, and we lose sight of uh, the good things in the world, right? And I think we have to remember that uh, as we essentially live in darkness, right? A lot of our days are spent looking into this, regardless of if you're hitting the books or doing any style of this. Um, It's a lot of time spent on some very dark subjects. Don't lose sight of the good things in life. You know what I mean? Enjoy your life. Don't, it's the one thing you do have control over. They run everything else in the world, but what they can't run so long as you work on not letting them run it is your own individual happiness and i try and leave every show off with that to people so that's what i want your viewers to know too is um that's the one thing they can't have is your happiness unless you hand it over to them so uh, keep that in mind
2: yeah dude well said i can't remember exactly how it was said but in the movie shawshank redemption he says almost exactly that in a very good way as well too yep um so before I let you plug your shit, I'm, I'm hoping maybe you can give us a little sneak peek and let us know what uh, what to expect from you coming up. What are you digging into? Sure,
1: so right now, um- I have a trailer out. I'm working on a new uh, documentary. I do make long-form documentaries. I haven't made many, but I've made uh, Pizza for Your Family Parts 1 and 2 up on BitChute and then Source Code Demons up on Odyssey. Um, All the links are in my link tree, but this new documentary is a summary of the book Program to Kill by Dave McGowan. It's actually radically different than my usual content. It's uh, true crime and serial killers, but sort of like the hidden occult uh, conspiratorial side of them. Are they really the lone killers uh, that we've been told they are? Such as son of Sam possibly not acting alone and rather being involved in a satanic cult, Charles Manson actually being connected to the CIA through Jolly West and the Haight Ashbury Medical Clinics that we know were a part of MK Ultra
2: Midnight oh Climax. My gosh, bro. Oh yeah. my gosh. I you am know, so I am so glad that you brought that up because that yep. would have made me totally forget a question that I had for oh you. nice. Hell yeah. And I would have been so mad at myself that I didn't (laughs) ask this. Um, What's his name that ran into the pizza shop?
1: Edgar Uh, Madison Welch.
2: Yes. Was, Mm -hmm. was there, or was there not ties to MK ultra with him?
1: I'm gonna say okay I there was definitely ties with him and I think the ties that I know for certain is he hit a kid in a car when he was drunk or something like that just six weeks before the attack uh, and he was out uh, of prison for whatever reason. We know so that yes, his father and
2: I over his head. yes
1: and you also wonder if there was a trade-off a little flip where it's like we'll reduce your sentence if X, Y and Z right very speculative, but it is interesting that those two things happen. Father is an actor he has an IMDB page while also being involved uh in some extent in haiti and i forget if it was just haiti or if it was haiti and like child stuff like orphanages right that's the laura Silsby nexus laura Silsby leads us to james elefantis's lawyer max Maccabee he was on the board of directors from the same orphanage laura Silsby abducted children from i'm sorry but that's way more than coded emails that's like what a fucking coincidence coincidence that is um MK Ultra, I'm not going to say for certain that it was, but I am confident that having lived through it myself from start to finish, that it was... Planned. I'll go out to say that I can't prove it, but that I, I think at the very least he was tasked with this to pretend to be a right-wing conspiracy theorist that predated QAnon. Um, as to whether MKUltra played a role in it, it depends on the definition of MKUltra. Could he have been manipulated unknowingly into doing something like this? Radicalized by spooks behind the scenes saying we have to go do this? Maybe he joined a Discord chat. Hey, fellow conspiracy theorists, we really need to do something about. Meanwhile, they're all feds trying to bait him into action. You know. Maybe it was something like that. I can't speak necessarily to say that he was MK altered or mind controlled, but clearly he was programmed and conditioned in such a way to act out on the same information that tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands have and didn't act violently on. Yet he did. Is that a. um,
2: And the only thing he and the only thing that he actually shot and made contact with was evidence. Yes,
1: that's right. He fired a few rounds, one of which went through the door into the computer hard drive of Comet Ping Pong, which is interesting if you believe in that gentleman, Big Fish. He puts out a lot of good work. I believe he was Big Fish or someone like him that claimed to have accessed the hidden pages of Comet's website, which had a secret menu. Now, of course, without archive links or Wayback Machine Act, like whatever, all we have is screenshots. so We can't say for certain. In other words, if I wanted to fake that, I could do it easily. But isn't it interesting that after that, the thing hosting the website was shot by an AR-15 by a guy that came out of nowhere and suddenly tried to save kids in a basement, which was never what Gate was about. So MKUltred, can't say for sure. I like to say that I believe personally that that shit was planned from start to finish to initiate the beginning of what would be the fake news agenda, then developing into the QAnon psyop to finalize the attempt at stomping out for good conspiracy theories and alternative uh, um, rhetoric and, and narratives.
2: Awesome, brother. That yeah, I'm sorry to jump so far back when you were no dude, not about, at all. When you were talking about your new uh, documentary that you're putting Oh yeah. Out. Uh, no, totally
1: good, dude. No, I'm glad you remembered it. But yeah, new documentary, True Crime. It's a summary of Program to Kill by Dave McGowan. I highly suggest you guys read that book. I do have very long lectures on Rockfin and Bitchute where I lecture through the book. Um, they're like two hours each where I'm literally taking chapters and summarizing what he did. But this is going to be more cinematic probably way better editing wise than Pizza for Your Family. I'm like a minimalist editor. This is way better. Uh, I have a trailer up on YouTube and the alt platforms now. It's going to bleed more in from not just a summary, but it's also going to be my own research. We're going to tie the pedophilia rings into it. People tend to look at uh, sex trafficking and pedophilia and serial killers as two separate isolated things. They are not. We're going to tie those together and understand that the story of serial killers is likely far more, uh, far more complex than we could ever imagine. The selling of snuff films on on uh, black marketplaces, Richard Ramirez, the night stalker, he was a young guy, broke into homes and bludgeoned people to death. Interestingly, he followed the same pattern as the CIA assassination handbook, a.k.a. small caliber rounds only weapons of opportunity that you can find at the crime scene. He was mentored by an older cousin who was uh in the vietnam war and was a member of the phoenix program which was a giant kill squad to spread terror and demoralize the Viet Cong. he showed richard ramirez photos of him posing with the bodies that guy comes home he trains richard ramirez to then go out and start killing in the same way the cia does assassinations and in the end with uh, Richard Ramirez, like just those details, right? It's things like that that you don't expect. And he said he eventually wanted to start doing snuff films because, quote, there's a market for that. How would a young man know about a snuff film market? And let me ask you this. Do you think the average guy is buying snuff films? That's expensive, expensive shit. Your average you person know, is not buying
2: snuff films. Do you know about the Laurel Canyon uh, movie theaters or the movie sets? Uh, yeah, okay, that- are actually the biggest movie sets in California.
1: Not the specifics, but Laurel Canyon is going to focus heavily, heavily, heavily in, into this, which, what are the movie sets though about, I know there's like lookout mountain. That was like a giant military yes. base of shit used for propaganda filming and stuff.
2: Yeah. Well, they're, they're actually, um, it, so I have a friend, Julia, she has a show called cosmic peach and she mm-hmm. has either a two or three really deep dive into that whole thing where she started out with the Laurel Canyon conspiracy and it led into a huge rabbit hole that she blew my fucking mind. Where like all these snuff films were made, uh, thousands of films were made at this place, and and no, nobody has you can't. There's no trace of them. Uh, I believe it. Just crazy, crazy stuff. I'm gonna have to get you in touch with her. You guys would totally feed off of each other
1: yeah i'd love that i'd love that for sure i was just i'm, I'm trying to remember all these names that you brought up because i want to i want to find some new because as much as i make videos i don't really watch too many different people there's like a few like you jay dyer jason Burmis, and then that's basically it last american vagabond but um yeah i, I gotta get in touch with some more people and broaden the network here so we can uh, you know we got to stay tight and involved with each other and bounce ideas off each other if we ever ever want to succeed but yeah anyone listening with the laurel canyon shit look into it it's crazy the serial killer stuff comes out of that there's a reason uh you know the hippie movement cia co-opted and from there a monster was born and it didn't stay in california for forever it crawled out of the laurel canyon and uh serial killers went on their rampage for 20 years and then just suddenly disappear when's the last time you heard of a fucking serial killer <laughs> they, they're not around anymore why is that why they just come out of nowhere
2: mm. uh, you know his name is anthony fauci and Bill <laughs> yeah, was-
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah they changed their style now they're actually just uh uh members of like the the great pillars of our society like the world health organization and think tanks and shit unbelievable
2: Dude, you are everything that I hoped you would be. So thank you so much. Everybody listening or watching this. Oh, actually, if you're listening to this and you're used to listening and then tomorrow the video is going to come out and you go to Rumble, you're going to be disappointed. Get your butt over to Rockfin, and that's where the new home is going to be. And you can watch the video over there at Rockfin. Um other than that, guys, I you know, the 80s music it like is like my feel-good music. So this morning, I was listening to a little bit of 80s music, and a Billy Joel song came on, and I was listening to the lyrics of it, and I was like, man, there is a lot more to this song than I ever realized. And so I threw a little – not the best video editing ever, but you guys can check out this. I'm going to end this show with this song from Billy Joel, so something a little different than I usually end it with. But, guys – memory hold dude thank you so much for coming and blessing white rabbit and everybody listening and watching keep digging down those rabbit holes
0: harry truman doris day red china johnny ray south Pacific, walter wichel joe dimaggio i